Welcome to the Attraction Project Podcast. I'm your host, Alyssa Wood, and this is a place where we come to get real about our dating and relationship patterns, take control of those narratives, and finally start attracting who we deserve. In this podcast, we're going way beyond the law of attraction, okay? We're not here to get into how to manifest our dream partners overnight. This is a project, a full-on journey, and we're going on it together. So buckle up. When it comes to relationships, a lot of us easily fall into this cycle of becoming attached to partners who are unavailable to us in some way, whether that be emotionally, mentally, physically, etc. For one reason or another, we've started to accept a sort of partial type of love. So we start settling for people who are only partially available to us. And if this is a pattern and we're consistently getting with the same types of people leading to the same types of heartache, then there's a part of us that's unconsciously seeking these people out. And yes, I do say unconsciously, but that doesn't mean that it's out of our control once we're aware of it. So in this episode, I thought that it would be fun to get into relationship attachment styles, which some of you may have heard of at least once, but I'd like to do a deep dive because once I learned about these, it completely changed how I view myself and my relationships up until that point. And from there, I was able to make changes to better my connections with people. So buckle up because your relationships up until this point are about to make a hell of a lot more sense. And if you're dating and looking for someone new right now, we're also going to get into how to break these patterns of choosing the quote, quote, wrong people. So as a brief overview, our love attachment style is how we're showing up in our relationships and connecting with our partners based on the relationships that we had with our parents or caregivers growing up. And this can get pretty complex, but to keep it simple, there are four main attachment style categories, which are secure, anxious, dismissive avoidant, and fearful avoidant. And the one that we mainly fall under isn't necessarily set in stone, meaning we can slightly change our attachment style based on the person that we're with, which we'll get into. So I invite you during this episode to really try and see yourself in these examples and be honest about how you're showing up in your relationships. And just know that none of this makes anyone bad, okay? We all grew up differently, and how we've gone about getting our needs met is not our fault. But (laughs) if it's causing problems in your relationships, that's probably your cue to make some changes. So we'll start with secure. It's kind of the easiest. So secure attachment, to keep it straightforward, you had a relatively healthy relationship with your parents, and that carried into your love life. So the secure person doesn't seek out partners in a desperate way. By the way, if you hear something drinking in the background, that is my dog. So the secure person doesn't seek out partners in a desperate way. They're comfortable being vulnerable and setting boundaries. They value closeness, but also understand the importance of personal space in relationships. They know their worth, and they understand that they don't have to settle when it comes to finding love. That doesn't mean their relationships are perfect, and it doesn't mean they've always been secure, but they're doing okay. And I actually learned that over half the population falls under the secure category, which surprised me, but they tend to more so attract each other, so that kind of makes sense. So we'll just leave secure attachment at that for now. The second attachment style that we'll talk about is anxious attachment. This one's fun. Hi, recovering anxious here. (laughs) This can look like someone who grew up with unavailable caregivers, which led to a fear of abandonment. 
It could have also been that they lacked emotional support, experienced a lot of parenting inconsistencies while being raised, and sometimes it's a result of mirroring an anxious parent. But a lot of the time, it's because of that lack of availability. So they internalized that, never processed and healed it, so eventually it shows up in their future relationships. Anxious attachment can come out through clinginess. The person might get attached to somebody very quickly. They might overanalyze the relationship and start giving off a little bit of desperation if they feel the other person start to pull away. They can even feel abandoned when there's no solid evidence of that. But their minds can sort of take the minor details of what's happening and create these unhealthy narratives based on the past. So anxious partners need more reassurance and can also seem a little over-attentive, constantly catering to their partner's needs kind of excessively. And just from a strictly tough love perspective, this type of energy can be kind of repelling. Again, I get it. I've leaned more towards anxious attachment in the past, but one of the first things that I've learned when looking at this is that the other person can feel this type of energy. We're putting a ton of importance into almost forcibly keeping them around and it makes them want to pull away. They don't always know why they want to pull away. There's just something that they can intuitively feel, and that's often the case. Now, healing anxious attachment. First things first, learn how to regulate your emotions. As anxious people, <laughs> it feels like relationships test these insecurities the most, right? Well, unfortunately, we probably won't stop seeking out relationships, and the world is not going away, right? We have to deal with people that will potentially ignite our emotions every single day. We can't always stop people from doing it, but we can control how often we get triggered by them and to what degree. Learning self-regulation allows these triggers to show up less and dissipate quicker. When they spark up through, let's say, an argument with your partner, dissect what you're feeling, why you're feeling it, where in your body it's showing up, and validate it. Understand that it is okay and valid that you're feeling this way and start self-soothing. Walk away if you can, put on some music, journal it out, and fucking breathe. I'm sorry, but conscious controlled breathing works wonders on your nervous system. Just go to YouTube and type in breath work. You won't be sorry once you've tried this. Also, pro tip from a recovering anxious, speak your needs and fill up your own freaking cup. Obviously, it's a beautiful thing to be attentive, supportive, and loving in your relationships. But are you giving any of that to yourself or just throwing it at other people? Maybe even at some people who don't even want it. There is a balance. If you don't take care of yourself, communicate your needs, and fill up your own cup, you'll eventually have nothing to give anyone else. Trust me, I got to the point where I just felt like I didn't have anything left to give anyone. I depleted my energy and didn't even want to try anymore. So show yourself some love. Put your energy back into yourself. Speak up about what you need and regulate those emotions. All of these things become easier, by the way, when you start going for partners who lean more towards secure. They don't have to be perfect, but reevaluating the types of people that you typically go for and seeking out partners who will accept you and want to grow with you can make healing these insecure attachments so much easier. And those triggers show up way less with more secure people. However, <laughs> a common scenario is that anxious people tend to be attracted to people with more of an avoidant attachment style. 
Avoidant attachment can look like someone who may have grown up in a more dismissive or rejective environment to the point where they became emotionally closed off and felt like it wasn't safe to express themselves and really connect with someone else. And there are two types of avoidant styles, one being dismissive avoidant, and this is someone who feels like they don't really need connection. They're more independent, they tend to get a little triggered if they sense vulnerability or someone trying to get too close or intimate with them, so they kind of put up a wall and just go away. And they don't always see an issue with the avoidant behaviors that trigger their partners, which obviously causes problems down the road, especially when they end up with anxious people. So again, that's more dismissive avoidant, while there's also fearful avoidant, which is different in that the fearful avoidant person doesn't want to be dismissive, but they have this fear of rejection and abandonment that forces them to close off or shut down when these insecurities get triggered. They want closeness and intimacy, but they're afraid to make themselves vulnerable and get rejected. They hold themselves in a sort of lower regard than the dismissive avoidant, so they start putting up a wall pretty early and subconsciously kind of roll with it throughout their lives. And they get with anxious partners a lot because anxious partners have a lot of love and support to give, which the fearful avoidant person wants, but then it becomes difficult for them to receive and reciprocate. Some basic avoidant triggers could look like shutting partners out if they sense them trying to get too intimate or if they're trying to force the avoidant into opening up more. This can feel kind of stifling and feel like too much for them. It could be more minor things like getting upset if someone innocently forgot to call them back or didn't show up somewhere when they said they would, or maybe they said something critical that just rubbed the avoidant person the wrong way. They can internalize that and feel rejected and react based on the negative assumption of their partner's intentions. So they make themselves unavailable. They might leave. Sometimes they won't even explain the problem. They'll just shut down and not bother seeking resolution. So there's a lot of emotional suppression there, right? Which can really trigger the anxious partners that they attract. Because we, as the anxious partners, need to connect to our partners, right? We need to feel safe and supported and loved. But we often veer towards people who feel safer detaching and putting up that wall. It's like a weird piece of a puzzle that we all seek out for some reason. So that obviously interferes with the whole dynamic, because now we're just both feeding off each other's insecurities, right? And again, we can lightly switch attachment styles from person to person. We do tend to lean more towards one style. Like me, I was more anxiously attached, but I have been in a couple relationships where I was a little more avoidant and not as available to the guys that I was with. So it really depends on the energy that's being tossed around in that relationship. Like I said, it can get pretty complex. And again, none of this makes anyone bad, okay? We all grew up differently, and it doesn't make you a jerk if you're leaning more towards avoidant. I know it sounds more negative, but no shame, no blame, okay? This is about awareness. If it's not working for your relationships, it's time to look at it and be radically honest with yourself and commit to making some changes. Little by little, get outside your wall of a comfort zone and start at least opening up to yourself a little bit more. By this, I mean get to know yourself and identify what emotions come up when you start feeling those avoidant triggers spark. What do you feel in that very moment? How is it familiar? And what behavioral patterns take place when you feel this way? Do you default to flight mode where you shut down or leave? Does it take you days to process what's even going on in this emotional chaos? What fears are behind that? Get to the root of this stuff. Write it down every time you feel it. And also, as an avoidant person, it's really important to find people that are willing to provide the space for you to be vulnerable when you're ready to be. 
If you're a recovering avoidant or any insecure attachment, this will not be an overnight thing. And this process requires patience from you and those around you. And also know that you have a choice in who you let into your life. Healing any of these types of insecurities will mean finding the root of them, accepting them, and realizing that we're not kids anymore and we're allowed to choose each other. We couldn't choose our caregivers, right? But since then, a lot of us have been choosing people that we think we need just to validate these unhealthy narratives from our past. That's what a lot of this attraction is, finding someone to confirm and validate the stories that have been created about us. We don't have to do that. Once you're conscious of this, we can totally pick different people and drop those narratives completely. I saw a movie recently, and there's a scene in it where the characters talk about the difference between needing someone and choosing someone. Needing someone can sometimes mean leaning on them financially or emotionally. Needing someone can even look like settling for someone out of safety. But when we're struggling with our attachments, we seek out people who are feeding our fears. It's a need that we have to stay in familiar patterns that we know and hate, but at least they're familiar, right? As humans, we crave certainty, and our brains do not want us stepping into the unknown. But it's got to be done if we want different results, right? So if you're dating, and you want to stop attracting insecure and unavailable partners and feel secure yourself, you're going to have to get a little uncomfortable. You will have to start making different decisions and saying no to people more. And again, going back to speaking those needs. If you're feeling those familiar dynamics when you're with someone and you're spotting those quote, quote, red flags, so to speak, that trigger those old insecurities, you're allowed to say no and move on. If they're always on their phone the whole time they're with you, or they're only texting you to hook up, or they're getting way too clingy, way too fast, whatever's giving you those internal alerts, you're allowed to walk away. Why do we think it's not okay to tell someone, hey, thank you, but I don't think this will work long term. Personally, I am a people pleaser and saying no was a new muscle that I am still building. But saying no to these people could mean that you're finally saying yes to and choosing the ones who show up for you and make you feel secure, real, and worthy of just being you. Get to the core of who you are. Do what I did. I made a list. I made a couple of lists. But first, I made a list of the things that I value in relationships. And I had to keep coming back to this list, by the way, because I didn't even know what I valued in relationships. I figured out what's important to me. What do I want from someone else? And hello, do I even give those things to others as well as myself? I wasn't getting the love, support, and connections that I craved, not only because I was looking for it in people who couldn't give those things to me, but because I wasn't giving those things to myself. So what do you value and how can you provide at least some of those things to yourself first? Determine your needs, take care of them, and fill up that cup. (laughs) And then make another list of what you will no longer tolerate from other people. Secure people set strong boundaries. You may have put up with some bullshit in the past, but we're moving on from all that. It's time to choose, not need someone, right? Look for people who want to see you loving yourself, speaking your needs, and who don't want to shut you out or make you feel insecure when something bothers them. Love yourself, care for yourself, do things that light you up, and surround yourself with people who value the same things. And naturally, you'll start attracting more people and relationships that align with your authenticity and show up for you. 
This will never equal perfect relationships, of course, but it does mean no more unavailability, no more ambiguity, just wholehearted, secure relationships.